we're good to go. All right, give me one second. Um, the last episode we did was after the Rams game, I believe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was the week of Christmas. Yeah. How much fun was that? All right. Ready, boys? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to the Jet Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. My name is Jesse Finver, and as always... My buddy, my pal, my partner in crime is with me. The Irishman himself, the NJ Mick, Connor Sheeran. How we doing, buddy? Good. Now that the season's over, <laughs> you don't have to watch. We, we can spend our Sundays watching some good football. You yeah, know? honestly, thank quote, you. Man. Well, quote unquote, if you uh, we can throw out the NFC East as far as good football goes, but the rest of the playoffs look pretty good. Yeah, you know, honestly, even though even so, I'm excited to watch Alex Smith. You know, you know yeah, that's true. say what you want about the NFC East, but that's the comeback player of the year story. Probably the comeback player of the decade. Right. You know, uh, what, what he went through. Right. All right. This is a special episode. Uh, the season is over, and all we have to look forward to now are draft things. Uh, so we have a very special guest on. We got PJ Clark from the Boom or Bust Draft Show. PJ, thank you very much for coming on. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited. Fired yeah. up. PJ himself is a Jets fan, and that's another reason why we wanted to have him on. But also because there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the Jets and the draft. There is. Uh, mm-hmm. And you were one of the more knowledgeable people on Twitter when it comes to drafts and draft prospects and whatnot. And the fact that you're a Jets fan, this this is more of like a passion project for you. You know, this, <laughs> this is this is this is exactly the passion project. It's the best time of the year. Yeah, it is. Now. Let me ask. Let, let, I want to start right off the bat. We're gonna dive right into it. We're not gonna talk about the season that we just had. That's that's old news. It, it's Good. in the past. Get it okay. out. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. You know, we had our. We've had our. We've. Me and Connor spent hours yelling into these microphones. <laughs> you know, over the course of the season, and that we're not gonna do that. This is a positive, upbeat episode where we're gonna talk about the future and things that we yeah. have to look forward there's, to. There's hope. There's there, hope for once. We buried there that is. football. Now, yeah. let, me, let me start off with this. Did either, did either of you listen to Joe Douglas's interview with Michael Kay today or read any of the tweets from any of the dozen beat writers that cover the Jets for Douglas's press conference? I saw the tweets. Yeah, I saw I'll, some I'll tweets. I, saw I have tweets. not listened yet. That's on the sounds list. Like, uh, it sounds like the, a lot of, you know, usual GM kind of talk, well, avoiding you know, yes. avoiding the, the Sam Darnold question. Yes uh, and no. You know, all that stuff. Right. So, uh, let me ask you, you know, your initial takeaway. You saw the tweets. Mm-hmm. What was your takeaway from uh, seeing this? Um, One, that C.J. Mosley is still a real player. That yes. apparently still, exists. Still on the Jets. Still on the roster. I learned that today, too. <laughs> Which is fine. You know, I can't imagine that he's on the roster next season. But um, we shall see. But I think the main takeaways was it was kind of like, you know, the normal sort of postseason type of GM sort of press conference, you know, talking about having to get rid of Gase and they're proud of the players and thought we had a great stretch of games, you know, towards the end of the season. You know, it sounded a lot like last year's, to be honest, minus like the firing of Gase, you know. Um, and he kind of like, you know, as expected, he didn't commit one way or the other really on Sam 
I think that was to be expected. I mean, he's not going to go one way or the other. Right. Uh, he's not going to come out and say, he's just like, yeah, I'm absolutely drafting a quarterback. Sam Darnold's not the guy anymore. Like, he's not going to say that. So those are my initial takeaways. PJ? He kind of he even punted the Darnold question further and said it's going to depend on the coach. He's not right. even putting it on himself, um, which, I mean, it's, it's going to be a collaborative effort, I think. Um, between mm-hmm. whoever they end up hiring and him on which quarterback to take, if any. Um, but other than that, the the one thing that stuck out to me that I at least saw on Twitter, I, I'd have to hear him talk about it, but uh, it seems like we're going through another offseason of do we sign this safety for a lot of money? Um, <laughs> I do I do like this one considerably better, but uh, Marcus May being a priority at least is fun for now. I'm going to, I, you know, we'll see what happens from here on out. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on those dollars and cents that he will eventually get. Uh, Cause I do think that, you know, I mean, Joe Douglas said it, he's a priority to resign right. Marcus May. Uh, he also said something interesting. Um, and Don LaGreca on the Michael K show po- pointed this out, but Don brought something up. He said that, he asked, he asked Joe and said, there's a lot of money that Sam could be potentially owed, right? And so, like, what does that have to do with, like, how much is that going to play into whether or not you resign him? And Joe's answer started off with, that's a great point, hmm. Don. That's a great point. Which, after the interview, Don was like, you know, Michael was like, you know, like we're going to come after the break and talk about this. And Don's like, yeah, it was, I thought it was a very illuminating blah, blah, blah. And they came after the break. And Don was saying, like, the fact that he said that means that he – and Peter Rosenberg was, like, pointed this out also. It was like, yeah, the fact that he did actually, like, go out of his way to be like, hey, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Means that, like, the money that they're going to be paying Sam potentially, which will be $25 million, I believe, next year if mm-hmm. they have him. And then it'll be even more if they sign him to an extension. That's I mean that's that's the whole decision right there. Do mm-hmm. you want to spend the money on Sam Darnold? He threw for nine touchdowns and eleven interceptions. He had tw- a little over twenty two hundred passing yards, right? Do you want to spend that money on Sam Darnold and build around him that way? You take Penny Sewell, the second overall. I saw uh, a draft today, a mock draft from God knows who. I can't remember. It was I retweeted like twenty minutes ago. We're recording on. It's six thirty-five on a what is it Tuesday? Today's Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. And I was just like, no. I saw Penny Sewell too. I was like, nope, no. I don't want. I am firmly in the camp, and this is where I'm going to come to you, PJ. I'm firmly in the camp that I want a new quarterback. Connor and I. Connor, I know that you're in that camp also. We we've, we've talked about this. This mm-hmm. is this is old news now. What's new is that there's options, you know, and being at two, you know that. Trevor Lawrence, our former savior, who's no longer a savior, uh, <laughs> is, going, is going one. It's a real shame. It's a real shame. He's going one. So now the Jets are sitting at two. And they have options. Option one. You keep Sam. You take Sewell. Option Not a two. good option. Option Not two. Option. Not a good option. Option two. You keep Sam. You trade down. Option and take a wide receiver, maybe Justin better Jefferson. Op- better, better option. Yeah. Okay. Option three, you trade Sam, who Colin Cowherd today was like, I'm talking to people around the league, and let me tell you, the Jets are going to get a haul for Sam Darnold. 
Okay. Right, you know Sign what? me up. You know what, Colin? <laughs> You've been wrong about <laughs> Sam every it. step of the way. I just I'm taking that with a grain of salt. All right. John wants to give give the Jets the bag and send Sam out to San yeah, Francisco. That's, that's fine. I'll take I'll take whatever at this point. Whoever, cool. Who's the Who's the GM in New Orleans? I don't even know. Yeah, we'll we'll take we'll take some. We'll take whatever. Minnesota, like we'll we'll send him wherever you need him. Jamison a one. Jamison <laughs> <laughs> a one. Taysom Hill in a one. Um. <laughs> And option, I think we're on option four, is Zach Wilson, and option five is Justin Fields. And is there is there an option six? Is is Trey Lance on the table? PJ, break it down for us. What 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 are the Jets' options? I just broke down, broke down the options. Which direction? Which option? Or which door are you going behind? Um, I think there is a sixth option that a lot of people think might exist that I don't. Um, just because it's not really the correct way to build a team, in my opinion. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, okay, so trade down from two and let whoever, San Francisco, you know, a- Atlanta jumping up two spots, take fields at two or, or Wilson, whoever they want. And then you can get like Lance or Wilson at like eight. And you got to trade. It's like if you're taking a quarterback, just take the second best guy at two. Like there's no screwing around. Like whoever you decide it is. If you're drafting a franchise quarterback, it's not worth screwing around for because you could end up with no one if that if it breaks that way. My whole thing this entire time is you can't trade out. I wouldn't want to trade out of, you know, the top five or six because you need a blue chip. This team is so devoid of talent everywhere, pretty much, that you need a blue chip no matter what. Um, I know the Draft Network had a mock last week that had uh, San Francisco trading up to two now. And we only got one extra first round pick out of it. We got their one this year and then we got their one next year. And I would nah. never, never in a million years would that Where are go they over. Picking? Like seven or they're eight? picking. Yeah. They, I, I think they're picking. I think they ended up now at, at 14, oh, absolutely not. which is like, no. And if you give Kyle, if you nope. give Kyle Zach Wilson, they're going to be a playoff team next year. So Easily. you pick, you have like another Seattle pick, and it's going to be in the twenties. It's like, why do I want that? And I, I know you I love, I know you love Kyle Shanahan. I do love me some Kyle <laughs> Shanahan. I do think San Francisco is going to make a power play for a quarterback here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't imagine it's going to be at two. The option that I think the Jets take, which is totally fine, is I think they're going to go with Fields. Um, I'm totally okay with it. I heading into the year, you know, I was not expecting, um, to take a quarterback. I was not expecting Sam Darnold to be just as bad as he ended up being. Um, so I do have a lot of, please don't draft Justin Fields tweets from, from the entire summer. Um, I'm willing to walk all of those back at this point. Um, the way I look at it, I think Wilson has, Wilson has a higher ceiling. Uh, I think Wilson could, could end up being, you know, like a top, seven guy relatively quickly just being you know mahomes-esque improviser throwing from weird arm angles just making crazy stuff happen um i think fields the the floor is way higher for fields he's like a character guy you saw it the other night whatever the injury ended up being battled back came back in the game immediately um I think that's a guy Douglas is going to want in the building. So maybe you're sacrificing the uh, peak, but Zach Wilson could be out of the league by the end of his first contract. He could just totally be Johnny Manziel with the way he plays. He's more talented, but it could not work. Whereas Fields, I think, is going to be a, a starter pretty much at the base. Is this evaluation of Fields 
coming on the heels of his performance against Clemson, or is this something that you believe throughout the entirety of the season? Now, I know that they only played six games, or seven now, but why is Fields above, other than, you know, is there anything other than what you just described as a reason for why Fields would be above Wilson? You you mentioned Wilson, uh, you know, could be a Johnny Manziel guy with the way he plays, where he's a gunslinger, he's going to make, he's going to take risks, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, Fields, as a Penn State guy, you know, I hate Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, you've, you've seen, you've but seen I've your also, fair amount of Justin but Fields. But I've seen a lot of Justin Fields. I watch the, I follow the Big Ten closely. I watch a lot of him. And it's very obvious to me that he has a great deep ball. Um, and he has a big arm. He's incredibly mobile. I love watching him run down the field with the running backs and laying down blocks. Yeah, oh, that is oh, the yeah. number you know? one. That is the number one great point about this is that right. he's throwing blocks sixty yards yeah. downfield. The only problem amazing. is that right. now we end up we end up with what happened on during the the bowl game against Clemson. You see that the, the shot of him on the sideline trying to get him on that bike, and he's he's struggling. That's like, also a like plus were, for him. Though, like, like you were like saying, PJ, I mean, he's t- he's the type of guy that's willing to come back in and fight through that and what happened you know he clearly was injured but he went out and he threw for six goddamn touchdowns like, how yeah. Much, but yeah but how much of your evaluation has changed since that clemson game on fields i don't i don't think that much so the way we when we did summer stuff heading into this year i actually had lance above fields just because i and i've gone back and forth the whole time the more i watched 2019 trey lance the the one game whatever throw it away like he wasn't up to game speed in the first half. The second half was way better than, than the first half. He threw an interception first time ever. Like everybody wants to make a big deal out of it. Shouldn't have played, but whatever I had fields above, or I had Lance above fields heading into the season. Um, just based off of last year's tape, the questions with fields is, and it's still some of the same questions. One, he holds onto the ball, which is a Sam Darnold pitfall that we've seen time and time again, holds onto the ball a long, long time. And the Ohio State offense is, in, is incredibly easy to run. It's like a one-read-based offense. He doesn't have to do, and he's got Olave and Garrett Wilson, who are two of the best receivers in the country, just always getting open. Half the time, his, his first read is open. Doesn't have to go through. Plus, he had Dobbins last year. Like, Yeah. yeah. I, I, like, he's had he's got five stars across the board, whereas, you know, Dax Milne is, is okay. Gunnar Romney is a pretty good player, but they're not these five-star guys that Wilson's throwing to, and who knows what anybody at North Dakota State, Phoenix Sproles, Darren Sproles' nephew is like. He's good. He's not like a, a power five guy. Right. Um, is he as short as Darren? Yeah, he's a tiny little dude. He's a hell of a player. <laughs> he's a hell of a player. Him and Trey hooking up on deep balls last year was, was a lot of fun to watch. Wait, he's a wide receiver? Yeah, wide receiver, slot receiver. Wow. Yeah, okay, he's yeah, a hell. He's player. a slot. All right. Um, so I had I had Lance above Fields, and then you come back, and it was really it was the Penn State game that just Fields just burned the world down at the beginning of this year, and he looked awesome in the Penn State game at the beginning of this year, yeah, and I was yeah. like, okay, maybe I gotta I gotta go reevaluate where I was, and then he struggled the the two best teams he'd played to the point of Clemson. He struggled against Indiana a lot. And then he had absolutely nothing to give against Northwestern. And I think a lot of people jumped to a lot of conclusions that, you know, oh, he's getting beat up by Northwestern. Trey Sermon had to win them that game. Uh, Noah Lave, which 
you know, Trevor Lawrence didn't have Justin Ross all year. So if you want to make that same excuse, Trevor figured it out without his top guy and feels couldn't. Um, my evaluation on, on him after the Clemson game, I never treated Clemson seriously as a national title contender because their defense has been terrible all year. Like this, this was, they lost eight starters from last year. Um, they have the two best D linemen in the country, both freshmen and Brian Bazzi and, and Miles Murphy, who are going to get better with experience. They have Andrew Bruth, Brzee who's is a great, unbelievable. Brzee is, is I'm pretty like, sure he was a Penn State recruit at one point. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then ended up flipping a Clemson. Much yeah. like Justin, Justin Fields, Justin yeah. Fields, yeah. you know, another guy that just flipped at the last minute there. Yeah. Um, but Brzee and Murphy, but those guys are going to get better with experience. They just lost so much. And Darion Kendrick is a guy who has been linked to the Jets a lot at the end with the Seattle pick, got absolutely torched by Olave. Um, but I think what, what I, what Fields showed was resiliency and the toughness and, and gets absolutely killed by Skalski and goes out there, and it's like nothing even happened. And he showed off the deep ball. He showed off the arm. Um, you know, you never want to put too much stock into one game, but that was everything I think everybody needed to see to kind of shore up any questions that you might have had. Now it's a matter of, you know, higher ceiling, lower floor type thing with Wilson. I think Lance is out of the Jets conversation, but I think the four of them, you know, there's a big gap between one and two, but two, three, four, you know, they're all going to be I, – I think we have a chance to go one, two, three, four in this draft. I, I actually – if I could bet it somewhere, I would I would try to because I think there's a pretty good chance it happens. Do you think the Dolphins move on from Tua? I – if I was controlling Miami, I would. And I'm a Tua guy. Like, I loved him at, at Alabama. I just think when it comes down to it, um, if you're benching your franchise quarterback in essentially playoff games for Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's probably not your franchise quarterback. Yeah, you know um, I was there at that game when he tore up his hip. Yeah, I can't, I was, can't even uh, like imagine like that. That hurt him, and then the ankle, like a history of ankle things. Like it was, it was so weird. Like it was just a bizarre injury. Then like you knew the minute it happened, something wasn't right. It was against Southern Miss of all teams, and no, it was Mississippi <laughs> State, Mississippi, one of the two teams. It was Mississippi State. It was at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a bizarre injury. Um. And he's like he's never even looked close to the same. No, he's never looked close to the same guy. And I think it's like, so everybody on Twitter is like, oh, if somebody will give you a one for Tua, do you do it? And like, I don't. Who is giving you a one for Tua? It's, like, it's what, is people, what is he showing? What is he showing you? Like, it's the same people saying that you can get a one for Sam. Yeah, it's like well, who what, is what? What has Sam shown you in three years? That I actually. That makes you- I, I don't know, but I, but I, hey, if you want to give a one for Zan, well, for Sam, this, oh yeah, we are. Not, well, I'm not like. No, no, no. In fact, means. in fact, I think that I think that we're undervaluing Sam a little <laughs> bit here. I think that he is at worst worth at least a one. <clears throat> it just, if you're listening to this as a GM, just, you know, just yeah, take this please. advice under come, advisement. Come strong, because somebody's going to try to beat you. Come um, You guys need a quarterback. I actually think the one thing, so Breeze is going to retire, right? So then it's like, all right, do you actually trot Taysom Hill out there next year? Or you could go, in theory, if you believe in Tua, which I still do. I'm not writing him off. I just think, you know, Wilson or Fields, whoever it is, has a way higher ceiling. And you should just, Miami's got a, a great team. I mean, we have to watch them twice a year. I hate how good they are. They have a great defense. They have that, that uh, their own pick at 18 
where there's going to be plenty of defensive talent to, to take there. They need a linebacker desperately. That's where I'd expect them to go at 18. Two great corners. Xavier Howard was the best corner in the league this year. Um, Devonte, I'm a big Devontae Parker guy. Gesicki is is a big target. You know, yeah, exactly. Miles Gaskin is a player. Like, they just need a quarterback. And if they had a quarterback, or even if Fitzpatrick plays that game, they might be in the playoffs right now. And Tua just wasn't good enough to get it done. So I think. Are Tua you sure can... that Fitzpatrick playing in that game? Well, in no. Week, week no, seventeen in sure. Buffalo. In Buffalo. Before. <laughs> um, I'm not sure, but I think he gave he might have given him a better chance to win, which is the whole yeah, he, problem. He definitely would have, yeah. And so if you want, if you're New Orleans and you're picking like 29, wherever you end up, and it's like, all right, you want another quarterback that can't throw deep, but maybe a little bit more mobile, and just like you don't have to change the offense. Michael Thomas can still be slant boy over the middle. Like you could trade that pick for Tua. Like you could. I wouldn't. But that's the one spot where I'd be like, that's remotely feasible. And if there's one coach you'd want to put him with, Sean Payton. Yeah, Sean Payton. I don't expect Miami to move on. If I was controlling Miami, I I would, because I think both of these guys are better than two of them. All right, so there's um, two options that we didn't discuss. That We actually discussed Connor. We discussed this option, one of these options, with Fitz last episode. And uh, the first one, option seven. Are you about to throw Big Sewell at me? is Dak Prescott. Uh, okay. And option eight is Matt Stafford. Two quarterbacks, one quarterback who's definitely not going to be on the roster next year mm-hmm. in Stafford in Detroit. And one quarterback that nobody knows what his deal is because he has a torn up ankle oh. and is supposed to be making a lot of money, but maybe not. What do you think of those? The Dak thing was the first thing that popped into my head after the Rams game. I was like, okay, like we could feasibly pull this off if we wanted to. Like there, there really is a universe in which this might happen. The Dak, uh, do you said Dak? Yeah. Yes. Dak, Dak was like the first thing that popped into my head after the Rams game. I, I would be surprised if it happened, <laughs> to say the least. I don't hate the idea of it though, because we it's saying it, he's the best. He'd be the best quarterback in the history of the Jets, probably. Not even, not yeah. even close. <laughs> like literally, without a second thought. The problem is, are you going to just Dak, Ken O'Brien like that? Come on. <laughs> are you going to pay Dak whatever it's going to take, which is going to be in the upper thirties, if not forty? When we don't, his leg is like totally screwed. Like I'm, I'm just a little scared, just as is. I don't know if he comes back. You know, you said to his hip, he's not the same guy. I don't know if Dak's gonna be the same guy. Well, hip uh, is a little different than an ankle. An ankle's not great, but a hip is like, I don't know if you know anybody. Like, have you his heard? leg was like hanging off. Yeah, of it was a, uh, it was like, like one of those clips. It's like, why like, is he but like, showing this over and over? No, but like, here's the thing. Like, you can strengthen that. You can strengthen your ankle to get back to where it needs to be there's no yeah. crazy movement going on with your ankle when you're playing like you have to plant and you throw but there's no out like outside of the plants like you're not even plant like your ankle's not moving structurally it shouldn't be when you're throwing the football whereas your hip i mean you've mm-hmm. seen it's the video there's a very, yeah there's yeah. a very famous video of out there of dak doing a like ridiculous yeah. hip, hip exercise yeah. before a game Hip movement is everything when it comes to a quarterback. Being able to get the velocity and the torque on those balls, it's not like it's not like Dak. I mean, Dak has a big arm, but like it's not like he's like six foot six. Like, he's not Justin Herbert big. Yeah, who, Justin Herbert's so, a gigantic human being. So like the problem, the problem with both of those options, whereas both of them would 
be the best quarterback in franchise history is that there's no surrounding talent like at all. Yeah. And you're spending money on both of those guys in theory. So like I've seen the like trade two for seven Stafford and like their three or whatever kicked around. Like, you know, I'd, I'd at least pick up the phone. But then you look at it, it's like, all right, you got two years of Matt Stafford, maybe three, right. who I love. And it's like, all right, cool. He's throwing to Jameson Crowder for one more year uh, if he comes back. And then Mims, whatever Mims is, you don't have a real wide receiver one on the roster, at least for next year. Mims right. might get there. You have Herndon looks like he recovered from invasion of the body snatchers in the last couple of games here. Um, and looks like he remembers how to play football again, which is great. Awesome. Um, I can't wait to like, still... like, like the past two years, all Connor and I have been doing has just been like, you, you know what? And like, you can't forget about Herndon. Like Herndon. Oh, he's kind of kill him. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, and it's, it's happened. It's going to happen again because he ended the season. <laughs> first it was like, Quincy. First was Quincy and Nunoa. Now it's Chris Herndon. And, you know, I can't wait to see I what's going to be next. Yeah. But... <laughs> hey, man, the Sunday was Sunday was the Chris Herndon game. That was like peak. Her- that was it's all happening at once. It took Gase until literally game 32 <laughs> to like game plan for Chris Herndon. But it happened and it it worked. They moved the ball a little bit. Um, but the defense is still the defensive line, obviously, is the only calling card we have. May is a great safety. Bryce Hall's a two. You don't have an outside corner. The linebackers, we've talked about CJ Mosley here. Like, who cares? But, like, Neville Hewitt is not. CJ's you know, going to be on the roster next year, I think. I don't think yes. that they're going to get. He's, and he's think, also an yeah. all pro. Like, he's really good. I don't know if I'm putting any stock into CJ Mosley. Right. I mean, you can't. Practically I, two years gone. Yeah. That's true. It's, I mean, we saw what happened with Le'Veon, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to be a, a stupid, hopeful Jets fan with CJ Mosley. That's fine. Just because yeah. we're paying him enough, we're paying him <laughs> exactly. enough to exactly. Um, the thing is, and Jesse, you and I have talked about it as far as like the defense goes, is that a lot of the guys who we hype up, I think, as Jets fans, like Bryce Huff, Neville Hewitt, uh, full, your favorite player, Fullerunzo, Fullerunzo Fullerunzo is good. All right. <laughs> yeah, Foley, Foley is actually good. Bad example. Like, the guy, but, the guy that I hype up, that I know where you're going with this. Like, I love Terrell Basham. Terrell Basham. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like, he's not good. <laughs> he doesn't get to the quarterback. He's a DE who doesn't sack the quarterback, like, ever. These are, these are death guys. These are guys that don't yeah, start. Frank, like, I'm ready start. to go to war for Frankie Louvu, and, like, that guy wouldn't make half Frank. the rosters in the league. How about, how I, about, how about Harvey Lange? Love that guy. <laughs> the, the two Harvey Lange games after the Williamson trade, yeah. Where Harvey Lange, like the Patriots game, where he, he was, was in everywhere. on every tackle. Like, I was like, why is this happening? Also, not like, only that, like before the game, the Jets used him like on their promotional tweet. And I was like, who the who the hell is this dude? Like, I've never even heard of this guy. Like, I, have a pod- that's, that's I, like, I, I have a podcast about the team, but I don't even know who this guy is. It's like <laughs> Matthias Farley has been a captain the whole year. And I just see number 41 with a C on his chest. I'm like, I don't know like where that guy came from. Who are like, I literally you? don't know who you are. <laughs> I'll always have a soft spot for Frankie Lulu because back when I was live gifting the Jet games, whenever I tweeted a gif with Frankie Lulu in it, Washington State Twitter always oh. caught hold of it, and my interactions with those tweets went through the roof because they would always be like, <laughs> "Yeah, he's out there, he's killing it, man!" Like you know, that's what I had with um, with Perry. I did that also, but it was, my guy was Perry Nickerson. <laughs> Told, this is just weird. Tulane, Tulane Twitter just like, was was just getting so hype about him. 
running through the gambit of just like terrible. Like yes. Perry Nickerson was like a fourth round pick. That guy. No, he was a, he was a he was a sixth round pick. <laughs> yeah, like that, they used a draft pick on that guy. It's like, oh god, really? Terrible. But like, I don't know. There's not a lot. Of, there's like no talent. So just start from new. And the line that I've been using, I actually, I was talking to one of my best friends from school who's a big Jeff fan last night, and he, he lives in Florida, so he's out of market. He doesn't watch the games unless we're at school, really. He just follows along on Twitter. He's like, so where are we? Like, what is this now? And I was like, you just have to, do, so you get whatever, like, I actually think Sam, somebody, some idiot is going to give us a two. And probably plus. Like, I, th- I think I'm, I'm shooting for like a two and a five, which is an overpay. Yeah. Just it just is, yeah. but I think that's that's what if I only, have. If only the Giants the like were thinking about a quarterback, because well, they, Joe, they should, Joe, they should Joe, Joe, well, yes, but Joe Douglas could easily get Dave Gettleman to overpay for yeah. Sam. Oh, for sure, he did it for Leonard Williams, who is playing well for them. I'm not slandering. I don't him. regret that. No, I, I, mean, don't regret, I don't regret that either. All. The guy has eight coverage sacks. Good for yeah, you exactly. guys. I'm like, not regretting <laughs> that sack at all. Also, Quinnen Quinnen is not Quinnen without that happening. Most likely, and Quinnen. Quinnen would more than likely have the same amount of sacks as Leonard Williams does if he played those last two games. Yeah. I mean, he finished the season with, like, what, seven and a half or something? Yeah. I think he, I think. he he's uh, at least in double digits if he finishes the season. All right, so, PJ, if you're saying that we're talking about trading Sam at this point, so, you like, I brought up Dak and and Stafford, and you mentioned, yeah, like, the, you know, like the I'd, starting I'd be kind of willing to – you know, I'd maybe be willing to pay them – I think it's a tough sell but you can't, on either because there's no talent on the entire roster. Right, but you can't pay those guys. If you're going to pay those guys, you're also going to pay Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Like that's uh, how that's how it would go. Like if you're going to pay somebody, like like you can't be in on paying. No. Either either you're going to the, either you're going for the restart or you're not. That's my point. Yeah. So S- Sam's out. He's done. He's going to go to another team. Out. Jets are going to get multiple draft picks for him. Maybe, maybe, maybe just one draft pick, a first round pick. That'd be fantastic. Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but regardless, the Jets are going to get nine draft picks on what is it? April 26th this year. Is it, is it, or is it in Uh, May? No, I think it's the last weekend now. So I think it's the 29th, I believe is like the the first time the draft is going to be on my birthday since Mark Sanchez. Um, Oh, we got some, we got some breaking news though. Oh, we do. Um, the Jets uh, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham is going back to the Giants after the okay. Jets had requested to interview Good. him. That's so, fine. Okay. That's fine with me as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> I have a I have a spicy coach take if we want to do that Ooh. for two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so number number one is is Campbell, and it has been for three years. It's who I wanted two years ago. I don't think that's that. My opinion has not changed. I think he stays. Uh, number two is is now Brandon Staley. Who I did not Ooh. think would get brought in and where is for I, the Rams defensive coordinator. Okay, uh, I did not think that this is like the most anti-jet thing ever. Hiring like the thirty-five-year-old defensive coordinator who's just like the the one-year wonder so far. Like this is the only year he's been a defensive coordinator at the NFL level, and he has the best defense in the NFL. And there's a great profile. Robert Mays wrote it of him in the athletic from last week. It is a must read. If, if you have the athletic um, for a Jeff fan or if just a football nerd, um, his philosophy, the Rams have the, the lowest percentage of stacked boxes in the league, which is easy to do when you have Aaron Donald, right? We have, we do have a Quinn and Williams, like a pretty good interior. The D line can handle itself. The D line yes. can handle itself. 
So what he does, he plays two high safeties and takes away. The Rams have four total touchdowns all year of 10 or more air yards. You cannot throw the ball downfield on them because he doubles. He just plays matchups and they have Ramsey, right? So we don't have that. So he puts Ramsey one-on-one with their best receiver shadowed every game and then uses everybody else to get just numbers matchups on everybody else on the field. And he's just like, the way he explains it is that he believes that the easiest way to lose, the quickest way to lose, is like a 50-yard bomb down the field. Just get get beat for one exploding play. So his philosophy is that it takes a lot of four- and five-yard runs to add up to one 50-yard pass. So if you want to run the ball for four yards every time on the four-man front, go crazy, you're not going to throw deep on us. I just add it. It's working. They're the number one defensive. And yeah, they have the two best defensive players in the league. Sure. And we don't have that. But I think there's like, I guarantee he gets a job next year, if not this year. I just, something feels off about letting that guy leave the building. Like we're talking about defense McVeigh type stuff. So, which, so here, counterpoint, um, the Jets yeah, twenty three points. Yeah, so the Jets, so the Jets beat them, which is yeah. the counterpoint that everybody. So the Jets had a block punt and an interception deep in Rams territory that were six points. And then the the other argument I would have on that that the Jets only averaged four and a half yards per play, which is egregious, and still somehow <laughs> worse than the Jets' season long average. <laughs> and they won like. W- <laughs> No, it's because it's, it's because Sean McVay decided to coach. Yeah, he Sean McVay. You know, we spent the entire we spent the entire last episode la- la- yeah. yelling about this. We don't need to do that right now. Um, right, and that's, so I mean, that's my that's my coaching hot take. Can you, I don't know if I'd let that guy leave. I can respect. Right. Okay, I need you to sell me on Matt Campbell because all I see with him is like all right, Iowa State was like the worst football program in the country. Uh huh. Um. Maybe not like Oregon State bad, but like really, really bad. But really, really bad. Yeah. And they just won the was it the the they just Fiesta beat Ball, the think. Fiesta Bowl against Oregon. Yeah. Um, they beat Oklahoma this year. Mm-hmm. He's a good coach, clearly, and like he's a good coach. Um, there were other things I wanted to bring up from earlier. From earlier. Well, I think I think with Campbell, the number one thing is that you at least that you've seen. Over Hold on, guys. Couple- I lost. Uh, Audio for a second. Um, what in the world? Test. All right, so you guys can hear me clearly. Yep. Yep. All right, you guys can hear me. Why can't I hear you? What the hell? There we go. I can hear you guys. All right. So at cool. the hell. So at forty-three minutes, I'll tell Nick to make the edit. What was I saying? I'm sorry. Uh, Campbell. Yeah. All right. All I've seen with like he's beat Oklahoma. Uh, they won the, the Fiesta Bowl. But it's. I don't know. I just I've never really been sold on him. Maybe it's because I just don't know enough about him. So sell us on Matt. Cam- Why do we want Campbell as the next head coach of the Jets? That's that's a very good question. So he, the thing is with Campbell, at least recently, is that um, I mean he kind of sucked this year. There was actually he was terrible for the first like month and a half of the season. That Brock Purdy is a very good quarterback. 
Um, he is a very good college quarterback. I don't know how Brock is going to adapt. I don't think Brock should leave. I think Brock's got a very good chance. Uh, next year's draft quarterback class is not as good as this, but you have Rattler, you have Howell, you have Keaton Slovis, whatever he is. I'm not a Keaton Slovis Isn't Rattler guy. a freshman this year, or is he a, a red, redshirt? Redshirt freshman. Okay. So I would expect him to come out after next year. I'd expect him to burn also, the road Also, it doesn't, doesn't even count. This year doesn't count their, towards their eligibility. Yeah, exactly. So he hmm. can leave next year. I expect him to. Um, but I think Brock Purdy, if he comes back, he's got a pretty good shot at going in the first round next year. He was like in the QB four discussion before Zach Wilson just like showed up. But Brock Purdy was awful. Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. Matt Campbell has been able to get talent into Iowa State. Uh, they have Brees Hall, who finished sixth in the Heisman, who was the best running back in the country, not named Najee Harris this year. Mm-hmm. It's a good returning piece. Charlie Kohler, their tight end, is a guy I think the Jets should look at in the mid rounds. They got talent, but Campbell is like, you just mentioned it. They were terrible and now they're winning new year's bowl games it's like a program building thing um it's not like a rule where i can tell you what rule was going to do schematically based on baylor he came with like a a scheme campbell's just like the ceo like leader of men type stuff that the jets really have have never had like maybe you go to like maybe you go to like herm but herm was a defensive coordinator you certainly didn't get it with bowls you did, I don't even think Rex was like the CEO type. He was just like the defensive mastermind, right? He's a player. So I'd, players coach. I, I think Campbell, the, the Iowa State guys, I mean, there's a video. I'll try to find it and send it to the two of you of him in the locker room after the game against Oregon. And he was just like he was doing the Ed Orgeron speech after they beat Alabama last year. But just for Iowa State, which is like so much lamer, right? You're Iowa State. Why are you getting fired <laughs> up? But like. He's juiced up. He fights for his guys. He's like the CEO type guy. And I know a lot of people don't want the the coordinator just because we've been down that road a thousand times and it's never worked. But, you know, I think Staley it would be a, a shrewd hire, um, not something the Jets would ever do. So I'm not expecting it to happen. Uh, my, my heart skipped a beat when I saw he was even being brought in for an interview. Um, but Campbell is still the number one guy. Um, if I had to bet right now, I think it's Martindale, which I'm fine with as long as Tony Elliott comes as the offensive coordinator. Cause I think Tony Elliott is going to have a, like a blue blood college job or an NFL head coaching job within the next five years. I think Tony Elliott is a great coach and I think the jets would be smart to get in on that. I would interview Tony Elliott for the head coaching job. Definitely. I would give him a chance. Um, but I just, you know, Campbell, I think he stays because it, it had, they won the big 12, that's all you can do at Iowa State, right? You, you, you. This year was the 99th percentile. The one thing he had to do was win the Big 12, which he didn't do. But you're pretty much capped out at Iowa State. It's Iowa State, man. It's not like a blue blood job. You're not. There's not a lot of up. There's a ton of upward mobility in college football, but you can only do what you did this year at Iowa State. It's never right. getting any better. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you're capped out, you should take an NFL job. It's like totally. Franklin at Vanderbilt going to Penn State. Yeah, Except, and and now you know, NFL is bigger than Penn State, but yeah, but so if you feel like you're capped out, you should take the NFL job because there's, there's going to be no shortage of opportunities. Everybody's going to want to interview him. He's going to go for six for six on interviews. I guarantee it. So if you feel like you're capped out, take it. I feel like, especially if Purdy comes back with Brees Hall. I feel like he might give it one more run and try to win the Big 12. I think it would be a mistake because a lot of things just broke right for them this year. 
Um, I don't expect him to leave, but I would if I were him. So, we have Martindale, we have Campbell, we have, um, I'm blanking on the Rams guy you just brought up. Brandon Staley. Staley. Have they you put have... In, who else did they put in requests for? Smith, you got a request for. Biennemi, you got a request for. The Giants guy now, I guess, turned down the request. Right. Uh, well, I don't even know Dave, was Giants was, the Giants. Was, was Ryan Day on the list or no? Ryan Day has not gotten reached out to yet. I would not do that. Either. I also I want to put this on the record. I don't even want to leave. I am firmly against Dan Mullen coaching the New York Jets. That's also I'm I'm fine with that take. Like I, I listen, I think it would it would intrigue me. It's not something the Jets have done. Like I want the Jets to do something that they haven't done. Right? We've yes. we've been down the like Wig Martindale literally is 2021 Rex Ryan. Like you, you're just hiring the old defensive coordinator, literally from Baltimore. Like <laughs> we, we're doing this over again. We've lived this before. If he brings Tony Elliott, I'd be in on it. But the rest of it, we've we've seen this movie before. Total like players coach type guy. I want the Jets to do something that they don't do, which exactly. is hire Brandon Staley, the kid who's never gotten a chance before, and just swing for the McVay Shanahan fences. Or hire, I, I'm not a Pat Fitzgerald guy. I don't particularly like him, but it would be un-Jets-like. And that's pretty much all I'm hoping for at this point. What about? So I think Mullen would be un-Jets-like. I think it would be a disaster, but it would be fun. Well, if you consider losing fun, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, he did, you know, Kyle Trask is not good. And he coached him to the statistically best season in SEC history. And he made Dak, like, yeah. pretty good. No, you're right. The guy you're has right. a quarterback. I just don't like his personality. That's me. That's just, totally fair. Yeah, I, I don't like Adam Gase's personality either. And Dan <laughs> Mullen is is Dan Mullen is big excuse guy, which yeah. would not fly. No, no. would not fly. Would not. Don't fly. like that at all. I mean, so, that's I was I was that part of Adam Gase's mo. Yeah, it's never his fault. He just shuffled papers all over the place, and you know, that was it. You know. All right. So a couple more things. You brought up Pat Fitzgerald. Northwestern legend. He played at Northwestern. He's coaching at Northwestern. And he gave Justin Fields fits. Um, now, you have a better sense of what style different coaches play when it comes to offense and defensive and defense in college. But it feels to me like it's a pretty pro-style defense, if that's a term, because mm-hmm. there's pro-style it's very offense. Pro-style. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I have the same feeling. I know for a fact that uh, Indiana runs a similar, not similar, mm-hmm. not I mean, not similar, but it's a pro style defense where yeah. a, lot of, a lot of disguises, um, they play certain coverages early in the game so they can then play certain coverages mm-hmm. later in the game. And uh, you saw that against Ohio state. They right. ran, they ran a lot of man early right? and then kind of, kind of laid back, which opened up the run game at least for, for Ohio state in the second half. Now you mentioned earlier off. So c- bouncing off of that, you mentioned earlier, Ohio State's offense is one read and react, right? Mm. Very, very basic, simple one read Which, system. Which you know, it the 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 verbiage is scout the player, not the helmet. But the so, Ohio State do, offense do you see is where the I'm reason go- why. Do you see where I'm going with this, though? Yeah. Okay, so take yeah. it take take it away. Why why are we believing in Justin Fields when it when it? Because this is what yeah. I wanted to come so back to. It's scout the player, not the helmet. The, the Ohio State offense is is the reason why a lot of these guys have not been like Haskins is just 
he's not an NFL quarterback. And he was drafted based off of, yeah, he threw 50 touchdowns. Go back and watch half of them or the dinky little Brady just like lateral touch passes things. So it's like if you're just putting in in the stats department, like they make it easy for their quarterback. Uh, Fields is a better – Haskins is not a runner, so that's already a win for Fields because Fields is a dynamic runner. Right. And that's another thing. It's like he's not Lamar – like Trey Lance, I guess, would be the closest thing to the Lamar, like kind of run first type thing. I think Trey Lance Lance has an absolute cannon, so that's not – that's even doing him a disservice. But – Fields can run the ball. You can get designed runs. Like, I think there's going to be a very obvious, like, certain hires are going to be obvious as to what quarterback is going to be the quarterback. Like, if Greg Roman gets the job, like, it's going to be Fields. Like, yeah. I, I, like, that's just, that's right. how it's going to Because he designed the Lamar offense in Baltimore. He died the, the, the Lamar offense and was the offensive coordinator for Kaepernick and right. Harbaugh. Yeah. So he knows what he's doing with that. Harbaugh. So, uh no. <laughs> uh, just wanted to get that in there real quick. Yeah, we should sneak that in there. For, firm, no thanks. Um, you know what Johnson's thinking about it. Oh, I, uh, I, this is this is the worst kept secret in the world is that Woody is obsessed with Jim. He is. He's gonna come back. He's gonna come back from England, and he's gonna be. He's gonna get his brother in a room. And be like, why haven't we called Woody yet? That's I mean, that's why, the why other thing. We called Jim yet. Like, that's the other thing. It's like I don't. You can't wait three weeks to have a coach Agreed. you just you can't you have Agreed. to do this within the next week and a half but oh my god it's just another year of who the hell is the owner like who wants to take this job when cj's not going to be the ceo in three weeks yet he's the guy interviewing you like mm-hmm. what is the power structure i feel here? like that he's probably gonna i mean i know that all right I'm speaking to something that I have no knowledge of, but I'm giving I, I am I am giving my I, my thoughts to the world on this one, and that is that I think that Christopher is going to maintain the power here. Oh God! Because he's been the one. Well, it, I feel like that has to be better than Woody. No, I actually don't totally disagree because it like we're finally to... getting the system that we want. We're finally going to get that. It's going to go owner, GM, coach. Right? It's finally. It's most like. Based on the comments what I've seen you, from Joe what, Douglas today, Woody would not put up with ninety percent of what the media has done to the Jets in the last two years. Woody is a terrible. They're both terrible owners. I have a lot of problems with both of them. Woody does not care to be clowned by the media. That is the one thing you can say about him. Yeah, he he the whole CJ. We're not trying to win Twitter quote from two years yeah. that has obviously been memed into existence. Woody cares about Twitter. Which I think is nice, because I'm done with the Jets being clowned by everybody. I don't uh, want to do that either. I, yeah, I mean, that'd be nice, but, like, I'd rather, like, the reason why they stopped clowning the Jets is because the the product on the field, not because the uh, owner is putting on a social media campaign saying, stop being mean to me. Oh, you know? I totally agree. <laughs> but I just, like, there's nothing that CJ has done in the last four years to, to bring more confidence than anything that Woody did. I think, the, you know, you're... Dance band on the Titanic. Are we giving it's Woody? Are we down. giving Woody credit for everything Rex Ryan did? Is that what we're doing? I don't see. That's the thing. It's like it literally. There is no difference between the two of them. I just <laughs> we had more success with Woody. I was and about to say, is not the only successful seasons we've had yeah. in the last decade. More success. <laughs> yeah. Twenty fifteen when Lots they the playoffs. Um, and the the, the Rex no, year. PJ, you're not, you're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. Um, they both suck. I think we, we can just leave that at that. 
Um, Just sell the team would be really the way to do it, but (laughs) it's not happening. But yes, uh, to get back to what we were talking about, yeah, I have why, not. Why fields? Yeah, I, I, Are I we haven't. Going back I ha- to that? No, I mean, I haven't. I haven't made it. And Connor, I want to hear what you have to say. Also, I haven't made a decision on who I want yet. Um, I'm not as much of a draft nick as you are, mm-hmm. um, PJ. But I do. You know, I can break down tape with the rest of the regular NFL fans out there, and and I know what I, I know what I'm seeing. I've watched a lot of football in my life. You know, and I've yeah. covered. I've covered football professionally. Um, like they, they paid me to cover football and go on TV and talk about it. Amazing. Amazingly. I know it's crazy, <laughs> but they did do that. Um, I don't know who I wanted of Wilson or, uh, or fields yet, but I'll say this. Both have me nervous because they both do a lot of things yeah. really well. No, it's totally but, fine. But, but like, I... it all depends on the coaching, coaching in college sports is so important and then in pro sports i thought it used to be more important in college sports i think it's more important in pro sports now that's yeah that's the thing i've gone back and forth on is the last two years of my life have now shown me that uh, yeah so nothing matters until you have a quarterback on the field but if you don't have a head coach like if you have a head coach that is actively taking away from you it doesn't matter who anybody on the team is like literally nothing else matters and the jets just had to go through that for two the years. patriots have the worst roster in the nfl it's it's might be uh-huh. worse than the jets Especially with all the opt-outs they had, like they had, they lost Gilmore, and at that point they were without a the doubt Jets the worst have, roster in the NFL. The Jets have like not even close better skill position players than the Patriots do. The Patriots yeah. have the worst skill position players in the league, maybe not even e- close. Maybe ever. Like yeah. it, it's it's that bad, and they won like what seven games, six seven games, because yeah. they have the best coach ever. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> he's worth like seven wins. <laughs> it's crazy. So the Jets need something like that. Obviously, they're just, like, dumbing it down to, like, the nth degree. Yes, the Jets need a Bill Belichick. That would be awesome. <laughs> but, like, that would be great. But, like, Bill Belichick's on crawling trees. It's, it's, it's so – yeah, they just write on napkins. Um, <laughs> it's so it's so obviously important that the Jets get this higher right. It doesn't matter who's quarterback next year. Hell, I mean, no. honestly, like, if they, get the, if they get the higher right and you keep Sam Darnold, there's a chance that that could work out. Well, exactly. here's the thing. You can't keep but, Sam Darnold and get the higher right. Because no one in their right mind is going to want to coach Sam Darnold. Correct. Yeah. Well, no. Someone in their right mind will want to coach Sam Darnold, but they won't want him to be elsewhere. Yeah, elsewhere. Like someone yeah. who's been <laughs> on the job a while already. Like, like Ky- Kyle, who is very much in his right mind and is the best coach in the league, should want Sam Darnold. Like I'm not convinced. Frank Reich should want Sam yeah. Darnold. Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin should, should want Sam, Sam Darnold. Darnold. Yes. <laughs> like people in their right mind, I am not even convinced that Sam is salvageable. Like there's a, I think this, I this year especially, kind of, I don't know if he's. Yeah, he still like, does the thing with his foot where he doesn't point this foot yeah. where he's throwing. Like you'd learn that. Like I don't even, I didn't even play football growing up, and you learn that playing like soccer. You point yeah. your foot, your if you're a righty and you're kicking a ball, you point your left foot where you want the ball to go, and the ball will go there. Like it's just how it works. I don't, I don't think that, that I don't. I don't know. Like, so the stupid argument that I get in fights all the time on pe- with people on Twitter about is the stupid Tannehill thing. Ryan Tannehill was never the worst quarterback in football. He was never this bad. It like he wasn't good, and Gase made him worse. He was never this bad. And Ryan Tannehill is now through the help of Arthur Smith, who I think would be a a good Jets hire, not a great one. Through the help of Arthur Smith, is now an elite quarterback. 
Now, by my question pretty is, much any veteran. how long was Gase there with Tannehill? Like, did Tannehill? He wasn't the head coach when Tannehill got drafted, right? Uh, no, no, he was not. No. He right. came in after. So Joe Tobin was. I'll, I'll say this: he had a he had a better base than than Sam did. So that's that's also the thing. Like I I hated Jeremy Bates. Like I hated him. Mm-hmm. But like he got more out of Sam than anybody else did. Yeah. Yep. Which is like it's pathetic because with Jeremy worst, Bates was not good with, with, with a worst with, team, with a worst yeah. team, worst weapons on offense, and the worst offensive yeah. line. Like, yep. like I think just on talent. Like I was never a like a Robbie Stan. Like I never loved Robbie. I thought they were pitfalls. I still do. Like he had he started crazy hot, and then if you look at the numbers, just kind of disappeared. Half of that is Teddy, and half of that is Carolina is terrible. But I was never a huge Robbie guy. I think just on talent, and again, I, I was having this discussion the other night. It's like, I think Douglas, so the beat lately, especially yesterday, has uh, during the CJ press conference, was like making fun of Douglas for the bad offseason. The offseason wasn't good, but I don't think, like, I think this was all intentional. I think this all lined up. He gave everybody one-year deals to evaluate them himself, and all of those guys, except for maybe Poole, will not be bad. Like, Jordan Jenkins never played another game of green and white. Pierre Desir didn't even make it to the end of the year. Yeah, but he's like, the Walter Payton man of the year. He is the Walter Payton man of the year, which <laughs> is one of the funnier Jet things. Yeah, one of oh, the funnier Jet things so in recent good. memory. So good. I think he set this all up, and, like, I do think he whiffed on Perriman. I think he thought Perriman was going to be better than he actually was. I don't think he he valued Robbie enough and the chemistry, whatever chemistry Sam did or did not have with Robbie. I think Perriman was a whiff. But I think he wanted to set it up to give Sam enough that if he was good and elevated the talent around him, you could feel good heading into year four and picking up the 50-year option. And then you figure out the defense. You hope Quinn gets better. He did. Pool. I, I think everything was... I think this was, a, I think being bad, I don't know about this bad, but being bad was on Douglas's radar. Because looking now in retrospect at the entire offseason, all of it makes sense. Because now we have all the money in the world. The Adams trade looks better now than it did then. Because if you're starting over, give me the war chest of picks. I don't need crybaby safety guy. Blitz boy. Yeah, I, I, I don't need Blitz boy. Give me the you picks. Call him a safety. You put the air quotes on. Yeah, he still can't cover. He's a I don't need can't cover. Yeah, His only I don't value need is to get dry baby. I don't, I don't need him. The, that trade looks better now than it did then because if you're starting over, like, give me the picks. I mean, obviously. In two years, everybody's going to be like, wow, the Jets fleeced. Yeah. And yeah. going back full circle on the point, Mims getting hurt. Was not was not the plan, but I think Mims is the most talented offensive player that Sam has had in three years, just based on talent. I think he's more talented he's, than he's, Robbie. He's Anderson. really good. And getting yeah. him getting hurt was not part of the plan. That's not Joe's fault. He drafted the right guy. He's going to be a stud. It's just unfortunate circumstance. But now that you have the picks, you have whatever you're going to trade Sam for, which is hopefully a two, maybe more, but hopefully a two and a five is what I'm penciling in. You have an extra two already. You have an extra three already. You have uh, the Seattle ones. You have the Seattle one next year. You have another three next year. You have all of these extra picks. Justin Fields or Zach Wilson is not going to fail because the Jets didn't try. They might not have tried with Sam, which is totally a valid argument. Like, they really did not do this well. I tweeted it out after the game. 
the Jets failed Sam and Sam failed the Jets. Because if you're the third overall pick at some point, if you're a franchise quarterback, you make the talent around you better. And he never did that. Yeah. So they everybody sucked. Justin Fields and Zach Wilson is not going to suck because the Jets didn't try. Because they have a war chest of picks now to figure this out. And the, the, the number one thing is that you traded up for Sam. You lost three starters in three second-round picks to go get Sam, and you're getting Fields and Wilson for free. That's a, You're already off to a head start, and you have all of these extra picks from the Seattle trade and the Leonard Williams trade and all of that. Justin Wilson, uh, J- Justin Wilson, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson are not going to fail because the Jets didn't try. They Douglas understands this is his only shot. If he screws this up, he's never getting another GM job. Like this is this is this offseason is it for him. Right. They're not gonna fail if they fail, it's because they were bad. They are not going to fail because of the talent around them, which is partially why Sam ended up being bad. I think that with Douglas You're right. This is this is it for him. And so if he doesn't get I think this, he knows it. Yeah, and he I think I mean, he, knows. he has to know it. He has to know it. And that gives me, not just that, but his his draft history from last year, his acumen from the last 20 years that he's been in the league and working in under um, Ozzy in Baltimore and yeah, say and... say whatever you want. So Philly's gone downhill, right? Like Philly's been terrible. Like Joe Douglas was a part of some really bad drafts now in Philly, like really bad. They have no talent, partially because of what Joe Douglas and Howie Roseman did. But they still won a Super Bowl. He was like a an architect of a team that won the Super Bowl. And Wentz sucking happened. Zach Ertz getting hurt all the time happened. They just didn't draft enough wide receivers, which is my one thing. I said it in April. I will double down on it now. The one mistake that I'm going to get on him for forever is in the deepest wide receiver draft of all time until now this year, you drafted one. Or Sega right. Whiteside over DK. Our, yeah, our thing <laughs> Whiteside over DK was was the bad one that he was a part of in Philly. But like Zuniga over Brian Edwards yeah. uh, is is what I want back. Oh, you're talking about on Braden, the Jets. Oh, yeah, Braden <laughs> Man over uh, I forget. I it was either I think it was like well KJ Hill went in the seventh round from Ohio State, who was great team, for them last year. Team MVP Braden Man. Team MVP Braden Man, of course. Uh, but then you have, like, the Ashton Davis pick I stand by. That was, like, a really so smart I, yeah. pick. I think that was a good move. The Zuniga one didn't make sense. Uh, Jay, uh, Morgan over uh, whoever it was. It was, like, Devin DuVernay went in the fourth round. Like, there was still plenty of talent out there, and you just you just didn't get a second one for that reason. Pick. Oh, he took so, like I'll, I'll defend him here. He took Mims. And it's a guy that he liked a lot. They probably should have gone higher. Um and, Definitely should have gone high. Right, and he got his wide receiver. He thought that he – I'm speaking for Joe Douglas now with no reason to speak for Joe Douglas, but, you know, he, he probably was like this. All right, I have my slot guy. I brought in Perriman to replace Robbie, and he was great with Tampa two years ago at the end of the season um, when Mike Evans went down. He had like four he, – he led me to a fantasy championship. I remember that. No, <laughs> and, that's the thing. And like, he's probably I... like, all right, we need another wide receiver. We need some other things. But, like, we have a lot of things to work on. I can't take eight wide receivers. And, yes, obviously it would have been great if we took Justin Jefferson or whoever, you know, um, who are the Eagles – you know, this wasn't with Rager, Joe Douglas. Yeah. Jalen Rager. Joe, you, did you guys see the video of the Eagle of the uh, yes. the, the Vikings, Vikings war room? Celebrating. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was not a Jalen Rager guy, and I was higher on Jefferson than 
pretty much the entire inter- I had Jefferson as like a top 11 player like I did not see the drop off between I had like Judy then Lamb and Ruggs pretty tight and then like Jefferson right behind him I didn't see the drop off between the next three and I still think Judy's gonna end up being the best once he dropped a lot of balls this year and also Drew Locke sucks yeah. so like figure that out and Jerry Judy's cooking with gas I have no problem with that but like Jefferson went like a good like he went 22nd what he had he went like a good 10 picks too late like yeah it's just that's just how it happened yep those LSU wide receivers man something else <laughs> um all right last question for you PJ yeah um we've talked a nauseam about how many picks the Jets have but we've only talked about their first two picks yeah um, so take give us take some guys. a quarterback would give, be the, would be the one so for number pick number one take a quarterback doesn't matter who at this point or you think fields some people I think, think they go fields I understand both arguments I right. fields is safer that's what I would say later pick either trade it or you take a depending on with like if Seattle gets eliminated in the first round right yeah yeah you, you probably keep that pick and you probably and you probably use it I think I'd like to keep it no matter what. I think this draft. I think this draft tables off. So you have like the four great quarterbacks. You have Sewell, who's like a generational guy. Which a part of why the the Sewell thing is dumb for the Jets is that have them. either either you're you're trading you're you're picking this like best offensive line prospect in 15 years or whatever. So I'm 21. Like I didn't watch the draft at, at six. Years. I mean I did, but I had no idea what was going on. But everybody everybody's saying like Sewell is the best since like Joe Thomas, like right. that type stuff. So either you're moving him, who hasn't played right tackle since high school and is the second overall pick in the draft as a left tackle, either you're moving him or you're moving the Jets Jets rookie since Darrell Rebus off position for no reason. There's no value to any of that. He was better than Darrell Rebus was as a rookie. Rebus wasn't Rebus until year two or three. Um, Exactly. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, don't take Sewell. Got it. So keep that Seattle pick. (laughs) Keep the Seattle pick is what I would do because I think this draft tables off I think that there's like the the teens area is getting to be really shaky because I think there's like a really good top six or seven in, in terms of talent. And then like everybody else is in this category, this this second tier where it's like you can get through the rest of the first round where you can just like plug and drop guys from like 13 to 32. And I'd be like, yeah, it makes sense, I guess. Like there's not there's. This draft is deep in the sense that there's a lot of good and there's not a, a ton of great and there's n- really no very good. It goes from great to good. So I think if you get now the 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 positions of need would be wide receiver, which I think you can wait on because it's a, another deep draft. I think you might go wide receiver at 34, depending on who's on the board. So wide receiver, interior offensive line which is a huge need, but you could go sign, and I would expect you to sign Joe Tooney, which would be great. That would be fantastic. So you could take a Wyatt Davis, who I don't like. I've been on the Trey Smith from Tennessee bandwagon since pretty much the the Seattle pick happened. I was like, all right, Trey Smith at 25. Let's go do it. Um, I would still do it. I don't know if if you sign Tooney or if you believe in, in the strong finish, strong finish scare quotes, a lot of people have been talking up Pat Eflin. I was about to, um, I was about to bring him up. So he, yeah. so he finished really strong. Obviously we don't under, we don't know where the Jets stand with Alex Lewis right now. Connor McGovern. I, I don't know if I want Alex Lewis back period. Okay. Like and he's Connor just McGovern. Not... Where do you stand on McGovern? 
I like McGovern. I think he should be on the team next year. Then, then the the question is, you could draft a Creed Humphrey. I guess would be the best center because Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa went back surprisingly, and then really surprising. And then there's Greg Van Roten. Honestly, Greg Van Roten needs to get out of get, here. Yeah, right? he's, he's get bad. Out of my but, but overall, I felt like the Jets' offensive line wasn't a major issue for the team this year. In terms, like, uh, like the team struggled oh, not because have, of the offensive line, it was because of the play calling. In the world. And, yeah, you have all this money. You have the second most cash space, and you get to get more when you cut Hank Anderson for another eight million. <laughs> like, uh, talk about McCagnin's parting gifts was the Henry Anderson contract and the Anunwa contract. Those were the two parting gifts that nobody else could have possibly done. And he just he decided to just do both of them. Like the CJ thing was dumb, but somebody else would have done it. The Henry Anderson and the Anunwa contract was McCagnin's finest work at the 11th hour. Yep. And I will never get over either of them. <laughs> so you get rid of him. You have all the money in the world. Please go sign Brandon Sheriff or Joe Tooney, preferably Tooney. Go sign one of them, mm-hmm. please. And then the IOL thing might just go away if you believe in Pat Eflin, which is fine. So wide receiver, don't know if I'd do it in the in the late 20s. IOL, don't know if I'd do it, especially, hopefully, the number one target in, in free agency, at least on skill position-wise. I want Corey Davis desperately. I think Allen Robinson is going to be a little bit too rich. I don't think JD's going to pay like $20 million for a receiver. I don't think that falls in line with what he, he he'll try to do no i don't think so either if, yeah. there's, if there's anything that joe douglas proved in his first offseason signing free agents is that he's, he's he's he knows what his price tag is and he's not really gonna it's budge the same with much. robbie yeah, yeah. He didn't he's gonna he knows what he's, he's willing to pay and he's not gonna budge by a lot and i think you're right when you say that he's definitely not gonna overpay for skill position guys he's not gonna do a he's not gonna pull a McCagney with Le'Veon bell no and you know, throw the bag. That's the, the other top. thing. I saw somebody tweeted out the other day, like, go get Aaron Jones over my dead body. <laughs> like, literally <laughs> over my dead body, go get Aaron Jones. Wait, but I want, I want Allen Robinson, though. I want well, I mean, I want him, too. But it's, Everybody it's, it's, should want him. It's one of those things where it's like... I saw a clip today. Paying for skill position, guys, is just such a risk every season. I well, the one guy, if we sign Juju, I'm out. Like, I might have a stroke. You might never hear from me. <laughs> he ain't leaving Pittsburgh. He's I saw leaving. a clip of Allen Robinson running Better. a route against the I, I am convinced that he's... Why would you leave? Especially one of the he, There's no reason for him to leave. I saw a no. clip of Allen Robinson today of him running a route against Marshawn Lattimore where he, like, faked going... It was like a 15-yard out. It was it, like Lattimore thought it was going to be like a 15- to 20-yard out. And it turned out he, like, faked going out and went in and just sat in the middle of the field. I I mean, it was something I haven't seen a Jets wide receiver yeah, do, no. like, ever? Like, Allen Robinson, I, I think, is the most underrated receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. Partially because he's never had a real quarterback, like, ever. Yeah. Um, he's Brandon Marshall. He is. He is. He's like Brandon Marshall light. And then I expect him, he's going to sign with a good team or hopefully somebody with either a young quarterback or a good quarterback. Like, Allen Robinson reunion in Jacksonville would be sick. Like, I'm I'm in for that from a football standpoint. I think that would yeah, be really... Yeah, but he would never go back to Jacksonville. <laughs> no, but never, hey, playing with <laughs> Trevor... Even if they had Trevor Lawrence. Playing with Trevor might change things, but who knows. But the guy I want, I think you, there's a, a post-hype... Corey Davis thing where I don't know if it's post hype anymore because he was a great he was phenomenal this year 
But Corey Davis, kind of a bust for draft position, hasn't lived up to the fifth overall pick thing, but was amazing this year. And especially if you hire Arthur Smith, go get Corey Davis, please. What is, what like, his final make that happen. Corey he Davis. was like, I think he ended up as, as PFF's like number four receiver in grade, which like whatever you, you can like PFF, not like PFF. He was great. And we, take, I, I, uh, I, we take PFF with a grain of salt around here. Yes. Everyone knows how PFF of, works. If you're if they're, your guys are graded well, then PFF is the end all yeah. be all. No, if they're graded is, poorly, then, you know. So he was it. targeted 92 times. He had 65 receptions for 984 yards, 15.1 yards per reception. It's pretty good. Like he had a and five touchdowns. He had a really good year. I mean, he was playing with a bit. And was, that's he, a he guy. That's a stat line. That's a stat line that you might be able to not have to pay like a, a ton, a ton for. True. He's a guy Whereas, who could go over a thousand. He's not your number him one. Him and him and Mims, like you are. Yeah. Like you're cooking at that point. Yeah, and then you draft Najee Harris, and you make me happy. Okay, so that's the other thing. Yeah, he Harris. got he got he got 984 yards in only 14 games. So he's definitely yeah, he a guy. A couple get, games. He, he, had, he had he had Corona like halfway through the season. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, so I, I, I'm I'm big. I was big on Clyde Edwards-Helaire when I watched him play last year live. Which is yep, totally and, fair. And I saw in the same season I saw Najee Harris play live, uh, albeit it was against Southern Miss. But my goodness, that kid is a freak. Yeah, I mean he is he is the real deal. Um, I don't know. I actually, so Etn had a really like objectively bad year. Like it was just not yeah. it was not good. Not what we've come to expect, certainly, from Travis Etienne. Um, I don't know who RB one in this class is gonna end up being. Um, I am a Javante Williams guy who I Where think now is North Carolina. So North oh, Carolina has kid. two yeah, yeah. North Carolina has two running backs this year. So Javante is a junior and, and Michael Carter is a senior. Um, both of them are gonna be top five running backs in this class, which is just preposterous to have on the same team. I think I think both of them might have. I think we're going to see this year what we saw last year, where the second round is just a run on running backs, where you had Dobbins, Taylor, uh, who who else went in the second round last year? There were a couple other guys that went in the second round um, that I'm just completely blanking on. Uh, AJ Dillon went in the second. Cam Akers went in the second round. Those would be the other two. Where we're just going to have like, I bet we probably get two. I think Etienne and Harris both go in round one. And I bet you we get five in round two. So, uh, listen, I am a big, like, running backs don't matter. Like, please don't put that much value into them. Please don't pay Aaron Jones. Please don't take one with the Seattle pick. Like, you can take a running back in the first round when you're Kansas City because you're Kansas City. The Jets don't have any talent. We can't afford to spend a first-round pick on a running back. That's right. just – it's not efficient. That's not how this is going to work. I wouldn't even take a running back in round two. Um, maybe if you get the Sam pick and you have that surplus pick – you can do it. I still wouldn't. Uh, I think you, you start targeting a running back in three at the earliest. Um, Ty Johnson, I think, is the best running back on the roster. I was not a P. Ryan guy coming out. I'm not a P. Agreed. Ryan guy now. Agreed. Uh, but Ty Johnson, P. Ryan, and another fourth-round rookie, I think you're serviceable at that point. I think Jamal Williams, both Packers running backs are free agents. I think Jamal Williams could get interesting. Um, I think that would be Tevin Coleman, another guy that the Jets were going to sign instead of Le'Veon, another free agent. I don't know if I want Tevin Coleman either. I think the running back is going to be scheme dependent. Whoever I was about to, I was about to ask. For those who can't see, I threw up a huge X when you said, yeah, which is totally fine. I I was about to ask, what would you prefer, uh, getting a veteran 
a la Tevin Coleman, along with, you know, P. Ryan, Ty Johnson, that setup, or would you rather just go in with a stable of young guys? I don't know. It depends. It, it really depends on where you draw the line on drafting a running back. Because, like, would I love Javante Williams? Yeah. He's going to go too rich for my blood, though. But I do think there's, like, like Trey Sermon has made himself a lot of money over the past couple of weeks. And Trey Sermon might have played himself into that, like, day two type pick where he can go in the second or third round. Trey Sermon would be a good fit with the two running backs currently on the roster. I think the smart move, and again, there's a difference between spending draft capital on one and just money on one. Because you can get, you have an out. Like, you could sign Jamal Williams to, like, a, a three-year for, like, 27 million thing and have an out after year two whereas if you spend a second round pick on a running back you have the out sure but you're like tied to that guy because you spent a second round like that guy needs to be a starter because that's what you passed on to to draft him whereas jamal williams if he sucks in year one like you could just cut him so i think the smarter move would be signing one of these like mid-tier veterans i think jamal williams dependent of course, on who the coach is would be a really kind of interesting target. Um, I think he's a better player than he ever showed in, in every year. There's one Jamal Williams game for Green Bay where he just has like three touchdowns and six yep. catches and 100 yards. Like, I think he's a really good player. I think he's not a lead, but with Johnson, with P. Ryan, if you believe in him, I think that could be a formidable trio. I would not take a running back with the Seattle pick. Uh, I would not take a wide receiver. I would hope IOL is is short up by free agency so then you're down to edge and corner which are the two big needs right we haven't had an edge rusher since john abraham we have one cornerback allegedly i was a bryce hall guy i i thought bryce hall should have been if bryce hall didn't get hurt he was a first round pick i still had bryce hall as a top 50 guy last year just because i didn't think the ankle injury i didn't think it would keep him out 10 weeks into the season i thought he would be back Mm -hmm. before then um, but he's a player. I think he's a, I think he's a two. I think expecting him to be a one certainly next year is just expecting too much. So there's a good corner class. So uh, certain and Farley going to be way off the board. Asante Samuel jr. I think might end up being a slot, little tiny, little small. I don't know if he's an outside corner. Um, the guy I keep going back to is JC Horn, Joe Horn's kid who was for South Carolina. One of the biggest beneficiaries of playing this year. Um, South Carolina had two corners. The other guy, Israel Mukwamu, is is six four and is going to be the biggest cornerback in football. And it is is good, but is six four. So there are pitfalls that come with that. You're not you're not you're big, but you're not fast. It's hard to keep up. He doesn't have a lot of lateral movement. But J.C. Horn, six one, physical physical guy, and opted out of their last three games. Him and Mukwamu both did after Muschamp got fired and that whole program turned into a dumpster fire. Everybody left. Mm-hmm. But J.C. Horn, there is a there is a compilation video on YouTube. Uh, week one, they played Auburn. Seth Williams, one of the best returning wide receivers in the country this year. Say whatever you want about Bo Nix. I think he sucks. But Seth Williams and Bo Nix is a, is a pretty good duo. And J.C. Horn gave Seth Williams fits like absolutely shut him down. There's a video of that game, JC Horn versus Seth Williams on YouTube, uh, recommended viewing for all jet fans. Cause JC Horn would be what I would do at that Seattle pick. If he got there, um, then there is like Darion Kendrick, um, who don't watch the Ohio state game. If you're on the Darion Kendrick bandwagon, 
Um, Sean Wade is not going to be in the first round conversation anymore. He's had a horrendous year. Um, Kendrick, I still think might be, especially if he tests well, but from what we've heard. So I, I go to Syracuse. Um, we went down for the Syracuse Clemson game this year. Um, I'm sorry. Just to cover it. Well, I mean, we had fun. I got to, see, <laughs> I, got, I got to talk to Trevor Lawrence. So that's all I cared about. Yeah. Really. Um, that was pretty cool. But Darion Kendrick did not play in that game. Uh, from what we've heard from he, he's had injuries on and off. So Darion Kendrick just like doesn't play every other game. And it's either an injury or a disciplinary thing. From what we heard from the people down in Clemson, he's a little bit of a head case, um, which is not someone Joe Douglas would draft, given yeah, the history. So he's out. He's out. So I would get rid of Darion Kendrick in that conversation. Uh, who's another guy? There are we two cornerbacks. We, we don't need a DeAndre Baker situation here. No. There are two, speaking of Georgia cornerbacks, there are two cornerbacks from Georgia, Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes, who could play themselves into the bottom half of the first round there. I think there's plenty of corner talent. J.C. Horn would be my pick of that bunch. Uh, and then the edge class. The, the edge class is um, not good. There is no Chase Young. There is no Bosa. If there was— well, What about Greg Rousseau? Okay, so here's the thing. Greg Rousseau is uh, 6'7 and 250 pounds, which so sounds great. He's like DeForest Buckner, right? So he's so he's that was actually we did a for Boomer Bus. We did a Rousseau scouting report probably a month ago at this point. That was my player comp to him. Buckner's got like 40 pounds on him. Like I think <laughs> I think Rousseau has to go in like put on weight and go inside. I don't like and be kind of like a hand in the ground outside instead of like this outside linebacker edge type thing. Right. We have I that already. We have Quinnen. We, yeah, we have Quinnen. I would not take Rousseau. I don't even know if I'm going to have a first round grade on Rousseau. I just think it's so like a lot of these sacks. So he had 15 and a half sacks last year. A lot of them are coverage sacks. A lot of them are cleanup sacks where somebody else gets in and he just cleans it up because he is a ginormous human being. Um, somebody's going to take a shot early. Don't want it to be us. Uh, Quiddy Pay from Michigan is another guy who had a great year this year. A good run defender. Got better as a pass rusher this year. I think he's probably going to be the first edge off the board. So then you're looking at, at the end of that first round, your boy Jason Owe, oh, yeah. who did not have production, had no sacks this year, but yeah. that's a tape guy that is just like crazy motor, crazy athletic, like like total freak is going to run in the four fives or something like that. Like yeah. carries, carries his weight. Well, like Brett total Pride monster. Brett Pride didn't do him any favors this year. The defense is a mess all season. So, yeah. And they, so lost, I think, they, they lost their best player. Like it was Mike. Yeah. didn't play. Like it was a whole big thing. So I think Oway could be in the conversation at that pick. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, who had a huge game in the peach bowl against Cincinnati. Once Cincinnati's left tackle, I've been kind of pumping the brakes on old Jolari. Um, Cincinnati's left tackle got ejected for targeting in the first half, and then they put in this 6'9 German kid who had never played before. I, I, yeah. And uh, I if you're Aziz Ojulari and you're going to be a first-round pick, you should have three sacks against that kid. So he did what he was supposed to do. Um, I think Ojulari is going to test well at the combine or whatever the combine ends up being and is, and is going to be out of frame for the Jets at that Seattle pick. But if he's in it, I'd take him. Um, and then the most intriguing guy to me is the other. So Miami's going to have three guys. You're going to have Rousseau, who didn't play this year. You have Quincy Roche, the transfer from Temple, that was the best edge rusher in the country last year or two years ago now at Temple, transferred to Miami, and he's playing real teams now, and he struggled. He was not as good as he was at Temple, obviously, but he wasn't 
I think he's now out of the first round. So then the other two guys, you're looking at Boogie Basham from Wake Forest, who I've never been sold on. Another, um, another Basham? Terrell's cousin, hmm. um, who I'd be okay with. If that pick gets later, if like Seattle loses in the Super Bowl and you're in the 30s or you're like, or they lose in the NFC Championship game and you're even later than that, I'd be okay with Carlos Basham. I think he's a top 40 guy. I would, I would, I'd be okay with that. The intriguing guy to me is Jalen Phillips, the other, the third Miami guy. So Jalen Phillips was the number one player in the country as a high schooler in my class, class of 2017, number one player in the country, six six two fifty, went to UCLA, didn't play his first year, had a couple concussions. Jalen Phillips is going to come down to medicals. Had a couple concussions. Just said, you know what? Screw this. I'm done with football. Retired, like totally out. Shows up at Miami last year, sits, and apparently like blows up practice every day. Sees that Rousseau is gone, literally takes the number 15 jersey off Rousseau's back, and was the best edge rusher in the country this year. And so it's going to come down to medical is how he works out with concussions. But you have the pedigree. All five stars get drafted, pretty much all of them. When you look at what schools get the most guys drafted it's all the schools that recruits most for five stars because you think there's a, if something went wrong in college you take them on day three and you hope you can fix them right because right. it's like some somebody saw something at some point it's worth a shot four stars it's iffy not all of them get drafted like every five star gets drafted i don't know what the exact percentage is but it, i think it's in the 80s like it's very hard to not get picked as a five star mm. and not only is he a five star he's the number one player in the country just Four years ago now and he had a great year this year I think if he if he is okay on medicals I don't think he gets to the Seattle pick but I think there is going to be a lot of pause and there's going to be a lot of does he love football he retired like that whole thing that if it pushes him down if he's on the board and maybe JC Horn isn't I would run the card to the podium for Jalen Phillips <laughs> run the, tell us how you really feel yeah Jalen Phillips I, is like a really intriguing guy that I would take before the 20s, but I would expect to go in the 20s, and I would be over the moon if the Jets made that happen. Hmm. All right, well, Jets fans, you got a lot of uh, a lot of homework to do after listening to this episode. PJ, we all, do. yeah, we all do. PJ, Me especially. Uh, Connor, anything else for PJ before we uh, wrap up? I'm good. I mean, any question I had, PJ, like you are, I Jesse and I have talked about this a couple times. I went to uh, James Madison University. I went to an FCS school. James, James Madison, Brandon Staley, James Madison's defensive coordinator. Really? Yeah. How about I that? Think, I think three years ago at this point. The connection's there. The connection's right, there. This is officially to, a Brandon Staley podcast. This is officially a Brandon Staley podcast. <laughs> no, but like I've said, I've just said it to Jesse. It's like, so because of that, I don't really have like a college team to follow. So a lot of the college stuff that I know comes through guys like jesse and now guys like you because you guys are experts yeah it's 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 weird you're much more pj is much more of an expert than i am all right let's let's get that straight i love college football i don't love it as much as he does i turn to you for big 10 stuff jesse yeah yeah it's it's like it's weird man syracuse not a football school we were good what two years ago but i've seen like I saw Ryan Finley light us up in the dome my sophomore year. I've seen Lawrence now in person twice. 
like the ACC, you've got some guys. I've been able to. See, I've been fortunate enough to see some some really good talent. I know Jesse, you have been d- doing down south too. You you saw Clyde and Najee and all the Bama guys. And so Burrow. it is. Uh, yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to go to a good school to to you know see talent and. and hey, I mean, like uh, the years before I got to JMU, uh, were the Joe Flacco years of Delaware. Yes, Joe so Flacco. He was he was yeah. dominating. And I mean, if you were looking, if you were looking at at two years ago, Trey Lance beat JMU in the national championship game. Yes, he did. (laughs) PJ, what Connor's telling you is that he's an old man. I am. I'm 30. So (laughs) compared to compared to the the two of you, especially you, PJ, I am an old man. (laughs) All right. Well, PJ, thank you very much for coming on the pod. Thank you for having Um, me. Please take take some time now to plug all your content. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's just a lot of uh, Jets tweets uh, and and Mets. Now that um, a- allegedly the Mets are going to be good again at this the is, real PJ Clark. You're talking to two Mets fans, so yeah, exactly. So we're we're hoping, praying um, that something comes out. Maybe I'll tweet about the Knicks more now that they're they're back as as we started before this. Um, so at the real PJ Clark on on Twitter, Instagram, whole nine yards, and then uh, my my podcast, Boomer Bust the Draft Show at Boomer Bust Draft, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, YouTube, uh, Boomer Buster Draft Show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get it. Um, we do breakdowns. Uh, we're going twice a week now that college football is over on just in-depth scouting reports on guys doing mock drafts, um, whatever other content we can uh, we can think of. But Senior Bowl is now in uh, three weeks, so it's pretty much draft season. It is a good time to be in the draft content business, so you I'm ever, excited. You ever been to a Senior Bowl? Uh, we are actually credentialed to go. We haven't decided if we're going really? to trek to Alabama. You should. Uh, in in Corona time, so school just got pushed back two weeks. So we would now we were going to have to miss the oh, first yeah, week of school. That's right. Yeah, we were going to have to miss the first week of school. Now we will not. So we haven't decided yet, but it I, is on the table. I think you should go. Obviously, be careful when you go down. Mm. Um, but I went last year. I didn't stay for the game, but I went for the media day. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Like there's just NFL coaches lined up. I walked past Justin Herbert. He was like a mountain man. Like, like all these, I got to interview all these different like NFL players or guys who are in the NFL now. It was very cool. It was a lot of fun. Very. It was my first credentialed NFL or pro event I've been to because mm-hmm. I'd only done college reporting at that point, and it was uh, a little overwhelming at first because I'm just like, like, I walked past Brian Costello and I was like, oh, Kaz. Yeah. He's like, oh. he's like. Like who said that? Like who knows my, like who knows me like that? And I was like, yeah, hey man, I follow you, big fan, blah blah blah, you know. Like, so like I see like all the I saw all these cool people. It was very cool. Um, That's and, a good endorsement because we've been up in the air. We don't we don't know if it's worth it to go down there. Yeah, but I that mean, is like it's like in this like big convention center. They rent out like this gigantic room and like have it all like curtained up and they have it's just like a media scrum where there's like eight booths and you have like it rotates like so at one point zach taylor was there like mm-hmm. talking about like the Bengals at the first pick and so everyone was bombarding him about joe burrow questions and you had justin herbert there and nope everybody was like kind of down on herbert because he came back and yep. no one was sure he was gonna be that good and yeah it was a whole big thing it was a lot of fun definitely go especially if you're gonna go with your buddies birmingham's not that bad so all right that's noted noted that is a very good endorsement I will yeah. bring that back to the group. But, but it's, yeah, it's, it's Boomer Bust Draft Show. I bet it's going to be cold, so make sure you bring a jacket because it was cold last year. 
good. That's good to know too. Yeah. It's uh, listen. It's going to be not Syracuse, which is just a win in the. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, if you want to follow myself, you can do so at Jesse Finver. Connor, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at the NJ Mick. Why, Jesse? Because he is Irish and he is red hair. And he's from New Jersey. <laughs> the red hair has nothing to do with it, but he's Irish and he's from New Jersey. Uh, if you want to follow anything from Gotham Sports Network, you can do so at Gotham SN. And at, you can go to website at uh, GothamSN.com. If you want to find this podcast, you can do so on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Apple. Uh, I already said that. Uh, I, you know, I, this is like Google Play. Where else are we? We're, SoundCloud. Uh, SoundCloud. I, PJ, I messed this up. Like He said it right. He said every right. single Anywhere, time. Everywhere is Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Podcast. Everywhere you get your podcast. Yeah, anywhere you, you get your podcast, you can find us. All right. And any other Gotham Sports Network podcasts. Folks, any last words? That's it. Peace. <laughs>